Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission is looking to upgrade and overhaul the U.S. transmission system, allowing a new wave of green energy to enter the U.S. power grid. But the Commission still hasn't figured out a pretty significant component to their plan. Who should pay for the work? Answering that question is not only important, but also urgent since the U.S. will need to increase its power line capacity 60% by 2030 and triple it by mid-century to reach the Biden administration's clean energy goals for the power sector and other high-emitting sectors like transportation. So today, I check in with Politico's Catherine Morehouse about who should pay to remake the U.S. power grid and the progress FERC has made so far. It's Wednesday, June 29th. So, Kat, FERC has big plans to remake the U.S. power system, but is struggling to figure out who should pay to build transmission lines. And that seems to be a big question the agency hasn't answered. So what's at stake here and why has it been so difficult? Yeah, so I think this whole process for FERC, I think that we've learned that FERC has a laundry list of things that it really needs to get done on transmission in order to reform the process and kind of bring more renewables online. And we've learned that it's incredibly complicated to do so. Cost allocation in particular is something that Chairman Glick has said from the beginning would be a really difficult issue. And of course, that's because no one really wants to pay for the big system upgrades that are needed to basically usher on a lot of new clean energy that the Biden administration wants to see and that the grid is moving toward anyway. The issue with cost allocation is basically under the current system, a single project gets assigned the really expensive system upgrades. And that's because historically the costs were assigned to larger generators, like a big natural gas plant that could afford to pay for those upgrades. But when these costs are getting assigned to smaller, like a single wind farm, the costs just don't make sense. And they basically ruin the business case for this facility and cause it to go out of line, which creates a really big log jam for all of these facilities that are trying to connect to the grid. So figuring out who pays for these projects, how do we split up these costs is really important to kind of clearing the long line of projects trying to get on the grid. But it's also, of course, really tricky because, like I said, no one wants to pay for it. So it's a contentious issue, especially when you have commissioners who don't necessarily want to say, you know, we need to assign a lot of costs to customers. They don't want to make this an expensive process for people or an unpopular process. So it'll just take a lot of negotiating. Right. So it's very complicated. But what are some ideas on how to address the cost allocation problem? You report specifically that a pair of senators this week pressed FERC to consider another model. Yeah, so two senators, Senator John Hickenlooper and Angus King, asked FERC to basically end the current model and consider one that instead splits costs between customers, which would be the utility, and then the utility would likely pass that cost on to the customer, and then project developers. And that's a model that has also been echoed by the renewable energy industry and other grid experts who basically say, 
when a system receives the kinds of upgrades that these singular projects are being asked to pay for, it creates benefits to a whole range of people. It, it creates benefits for utilities. It creates benefits for customers because they now have access to this cheaper power now that they're able to access these wind and solar projects. And so they say because they benefit everyone, those costs should also be split up. So while that's being sorted out, FERC has acted in other ways to facilitate more transmission build out. So remind us what FERC has done so far and how significant those moves were. Yeah, so FERC has made some really significant proposals in order to alleviate this problem. And one of their proposals gets in part at the cost allocation issue. So what they proposed in this month's meeting was to basically cluster projects so that instead of a single project paying for an upgrade, you would have a whole group of projects paying for an upgrade. And that would, you know, obviously make the cost lower per project. But folks still want to see costs split up even more between beneficiaries. Other things that the commission has done is their first iteration of the rule was to basically tackle long-term planning. So they said regional grid operators need to plan for the future. So basically make sure that you're considering all of the new renewable energy resources that are coming online. And they also propose to give states a little bit more power over the cost allocation process. And both of those issues are expected to have a really significant impact. But part of the problem is these are two proposals and FERC is expected to have a lot more proposals left. And at the same time, these rules still need to be finalized. So it looks like there still has to be a lot done in the FERC rulemaking process to actually enact all the changes we've talked about. So how long could that process take? And what do experts tell you about whether these changes can actually lead to a lot of the transmission coming online this decade in line with President Biden's clean energy goals? Folks think that we might see a final rule on these two proposals that I mentioned by the end of this year, maybe early next year. And then hopefully we'll also start to see some more proposals that can address cost allocation, as well as something we didn't even talk about, which is interregional planning, basically building transmission between different grid operators. All of that will take a while. It's very likely that some of these proposals will not be popular with everyone, so they'll be subject to reviews. And it'll be over the next decade, folks say, that that's when we see these transmission lines actually get built. And that's assuming everything goes smoothly. And, you know, we always have a rotating commission, so we'll see. Also, in other FERC-related news, on Tuesday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit upheld a FERC order approving an expansion of the Mountain Valley Pipeline. That project would add 75 miles of pipeline between Southern Virginia and Central North Carolina and was approved by FERC back in 2020. But the Sierra Club challenged the approval along with FERC's decision to grant the pipeline a higher than usual rate of return on the project. The federal court on Tuesday ruled the higher rate of return was reasonable given the unique status of an expansion on a still developing pipeline. It also found the developers' actions to reduce potential environmental harms in FERC's analysis of those measures were adequate. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. 
I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.